Stickered Up, the official podcast of the Cars Tour is on the air. Presented by Perrier Tank Lines, the Cars Tour, the premier late model stock series, short track racing at its very best. Stickered Up will feature A-list guests, the hottest topics, race previews, recaps, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It happens on the Cars Tour. Stickered Up is chewing on it. Here's your host, Stephen Dunn. Happy race week, everyone. Stephen Dunn, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. We head to South Carolina this weekend, the PD State, for the running of the Aaron's 125, presented by Grand Atlantic Resorts. 125 laps for the late model stock cars at Florence Motor Speedway. Activities will start on Friday afternoon with late model stock car practice. They'll have three practice sessions starting at 3.30. Those will wrap up at 6 o'clock. Teams will return to the racetrack on Saturday uh, after or Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday afternoon, late model stock car practice kicks off at 1.15. Um, they will have two practices. Then they will go to qualifying for late model stock cars at 5.45. Driver introductions at 6.40. And the green flag for the Aaron's 125 presented by Grand Atlantic Resorts will take place at 7 p.m. Drivers uh, that are scheduled to be on the property this weekend include Carson Quapple, Chase Burrow, Connor Jones, Joshua Dickens, Brandon Pierce, Brendan Queen, Landon Pimbleton, Chad McCombie, Carson Brown, Mason Diaz, Connor Hall, Jacob Hefner, Cale Gale, Minnie Tyrell, Dylan Wilson, Andrew Grady, Isabella Robusto, Carson Brown, Deke McCaskill, just to name a few. Uh, and again, we will... Uh, Excited to get back to Florence. It's a racetrack that has had quite a bit of uh, popularity here in the last six months with Dale Jr. running a couple of late model stock car races down there. Always good to see Steve Zachariah and his staff down there at Florence and uh, always have good racing at Florence Motor Speedway when the uh, Cars Tour shows up and comes to town. Brandon Willard has the caution flag out on this first segment of Stickered Up. We'll come down pit road, sticker up, and we return... Special guest in studio. We're going to talk to Brian Obajinski. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. Tank Lines, a trucking company run by drivers for drivers. For over three generations, Purrier has been leading in driver happiness, client satisfaction, and safety. They love trucking, family, and racing. As a Purrier driver, you'll earn up to $100,000 per year plus exceptional benefits, including exclusive access to Purrier racing events. Enjoy flexible scheduling, career path opportunities, zero split seating, and much more. Visit drivepurrier.com to learn more. Practice Race. At Performance Racing Warehouse, home of the PRW chassis, they feel the thrill of victory and agony of defeat with every customer. With a cutting-edge, track-tested chassis, they know what it takes to build a race-winning machine. The PRW chassis has a proven track record of wins and championships that speak for themselves. When you're ready to take your performance to the next level, come visit Performance and let them get you in victory lane. Online at performancecenter.com. Also, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And you can call Performance Racing Warehouse at 704-838-1400. 
GXS Wraps is your one stop for all your vehicle and motorsports graphics needs. Since 2018, GXS Wraps has offered turnkey solutions including design, printing, and installation of premium final graphics for fleet vehicles, personal vehicles, and race cars. 100% of our services offered are completed at our 4,800 square foot facility located in Apex, North Carolina. Check us out on the web, gxswraps.com, or give us a call, 919-213-0371 to get started on your next wrap. GXS Wraps, the official graphics partner of the Cars Tour and the Stickered Up Podcast. For laser cutting and CNC bending. Geo Cut for media blasting and surface conditioning. Geo Cut, South Boston, Virginia for powder coating. Geo Cut. On demand laser cut parts. Just go to geocutfabrication.com. Upload your part drawing. Select the material and quantity and then see your instant quote immediately with the option to order right then and there. 434-201-4824. Geocutfabrication.com. 611 Railroad Avenue, South Boston, Virginia. One part or one million parts. Geo Cut has you covered. This is Zach Miracle, driver of the number 32, Miracle Dental Center, right mile stock. You're now listening to the Stick It Up Podcast. Green flag back in the air on this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Join us in studio, the GSX Rap Studio. Uh, a gentleman that his he announced that 2023 would be his last year behind the wheel of a late model stock car. And when he did that, then he announced that he was going to run full time on the late model stock car in the cars tour uh better known as brian obi it's brian obajinski welcome to sticker up podcast appreciate it man really glad to be here i've been listening for a long time and uh just awesome interviews awesome interactions and i get to name uh, add my name to this list here and i'm excited about it well your start to the cars tour season in 2023 did not go as you had anticipated um you got a really cool looking race car. I think Bradley wraps your car too. Yep, sure does. You've always had a really cool race car, but um, and you've run mostly limited late model stuff. Um, what was it like to pull up? Obviously, it was a little familiar being that Southern Nationals your home track, but what was it like? to pull through the great gates knowing that you're about to compete in your first cars tour weekend last weekend super excited couldn't wait it took too long the off season was just run on run on run on but getting there was i've been to that track for so many years i've been there but pulling in the gate that day with my family in tow and the car ready to pop out of the trailer after sitting there for a day of rain it was like one last day that it was just ah, oh, come on let's go racing so opening that trailer door on saturday morning it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, we finally have got all the prep work done. We're ready to roll. Let's get this car out. So probably one of the coolest moments of my career, honestly, even though it's a track I've got wins at and so many races, it was just one of those moments where it just felt so right in the moment. Again, I think the, the, the I guess the biggest thing, I don't know if it's a surprise, but um, you've been a limited late model guy for a long time. And, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, Michael Diaz running a limited late model as his tier one at Southern National the last couple of years. But um, you ran the limited race at North Wilkesboro during the revival. Uh, you headed up north and ran a couple of races at South Boston uh, a year ago. What was the what was the factor? What was the um, the decision making behind? Let's go full fledged cars tour for this retirement tour in 2023 yeah uh, i've been racing a long time since i was 16 i'm almost 40 now 
Um, I've been in many different disciplines of cars, NASCAR vintage modifieds, limiteds, chargers, four-cylinder street stocks. I've been all over the place. Um, I do believe that it makes a better driver being in all different styles of cars with car control, throttle control. And this was me pushing myself to see if I could really make this happen. This was a challenge to myself to up the bar my last year. Why sit back and do something comfortable? If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear. And we decided that the Cars Tour was the best marker of competition, has been for a number of years. The best names, the best cars, the best manufacturers of chassis, everything is there. It's a, a kind of a thing that's been unobtainable for me. And I decided, forget it. If you want something, go work for it. Make it happen. Get out and do it. And so we decided we're going to put the 29 down on the Cars Tour this year. So we sent in our license fee, and there it was. We found ourselves at Southern National ready to roll. And we do feel like it was a missed opportunity for us being a track that we really perform well at. And we can do that everywhere else. If, if we show up, the qualifying was off, but a little bit more practice and a little bit more homework, and, and we're going to be there. We, uh, we took the green flag, and I think we ended up somewhere around 18th, 19th when we got wrecked. But right there goes to show you, in about 40 laps, we were able to learn it, make the adjustments we needed between practice and the race to get us in the right position. But uh, the car store is something that I've got my mindset to, and I go 110% with whatever I do. So we'll, we'll get there. Now, you, you haven't driven in the car store, but, but you, you're very well-known. You're very familiar with a lot of people in the racing industry. Um, Deke McCaskill, one of your close friends. Is he a guy that you can go to on a Friday during practice if you're just out in left field and a guy that you can go to and get some guidance and get some help, especially with him being a veteran in the, in the yeah, series? Yeah, I, I I've, I've been successful because I've surrounded myself with great people. Um, I, I've got two big brothers. I've got a little brother by birth. His name's James. He lives in Texas, but I've got two big brothers. It's Deke McCaskill and David West. And okay. one's going to help me with the chassis. And one is going to bring me into his shop and him and I work hand in hand to build my own engines. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm in depth with my own engine, with my own car. I've built that car from the ground up. Um, I, I got a little bit of that old school bone in me. I really enjoy that to where I know every nut and bolt on that car. I've been through every single piece of it. And Deke has showed me every bit of that, um, hand in hand. And I don't know how to thank him enough for that, but he's an absolute mentor. He's one of the best to ever hold a steering wheel and anything I can absorb from him, like a sponge, I do. When he listens, I write stuff down. He makes fun of me with how much I, how much I take serious what comes out of his mouth. But he is the type of guy that will do that for anybody. It's yeah. not just me. He's a stand-up guy. We saw in the first race of the year what he's able to do. And if I could just find a fraction of what he has behind the steering wheel and in the shop, I'd just be thrilled to death. Yeah. We talked to him last week um, on the podcast. And, and one thing that, that we talked about was him not being at North Wilkesboro for the, for the revival. And you were there um, and, and you were there in, in kind of a big sense. I mean, the limiteds ran two nights, ran Tuesday and Wednesday night. Um, but you were also included in the, in the Dale, Dale jr. Podcast, the, the sit down, how did that come about and, and talk about that experience? Yeah. Um, somehow I, 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 I mean, all you could ever ask for in life is respect amongst your peers. And I have found that, um, just by carrying myself well, building nice race cars, performing well, but just being a genuine person, very approachable. I love to talk about racing and, I just was thrown into a tweet somewhere where someone had said that Dale Jr. was struggling to fix a car that he was building. 
And I believe it was either Mark Martin or Landon Castle. It was someone that said, hey, you need to ask Brian. He'll be able to, to help you out. My day job, I work on cars. I'm a General Motors world-class mechanic. I've Na heard you're really good at that, Bob. Na nationally ranked. Um, I take a lot of pride of it. Uh, I've won the mark of excellence for General Motors multiple times. So GM stuff is, is my bread and butter. So when someone was working on a GM brake package on a car, I was there to help them. So I got him right with his truck, and we just became Twitter buddies. He started liking my racing stuff, and obviously I know who he was and decided to invite me up on stage. And that was really cool for me, um, growing up watching this guy just be an icon in the sport to end up being a Hall of Famer. It was neat to sit down and just have a, a friendly conversation. Um, just pretty cool. Kind of round out the weekend. Yeah, and and you're you're in that same uh, generation as, as I. So, like, you know, and I, I – I would assume that you were a race fan when you were a kid. Oh, absolutely. Young. So, like, you were still fairly young when Cup level Cup started stopped running at North Wilkesboro back in '96, and and that, like I mentioned to Deke last week, that's the first Cup race I ever went to really? in, in 1988. Wow. And um, so I had a chance to thank Junior. I said, "Hey, man," I said, "This is really cool." Um, this is where I watched my first Cup race, and I actually pointed in the grandstand. So that's to where, where I, you were. That's where yeah. I watched your dad. And Jeff O'Donnell beat the hell out of each other all afternoon. And um, he was he's he was really cool about it. And um, and I and I thanked him. And he said, "Man, he's like it. It just I really didn't realize the impact of this until I'm sitting in the car and see all the flash bulbs." For you as a as a driver, how how big of a moment was that for you? running your limited not once but twice yeah and obviously it was a pretty good crowd on tuesday night but wednesday night was absolutely insane yeah both days were bumping man um the the campground the people um i've been a part of a family that's raced in the nascar modified series for a long time and some of those races that we pitted where we shared on race weekends with the cup series there was large crowds but it was your regular run-of-the-mill new hampshire or a dover mm -hmm. or something like that what I will always remember, and it's just one of these little moments that I'll pick out from Wilkesboro, both of my kids playing with their cars in the pits, our car is ready. Um, we're just kind of having that family time that you get before the race. And I look up and there's Ella and Grayson playing with their cars just in their own little world. And I look up and there's 30 something thousand people in the stands. Yeah. And they don't even realize it because this is normal to them. They're at the racetrack every weekend with me. So I'm kind of like, looking at the flash bulbs, like you said, and the people, and here comes a guy jumping out of a plane with American flag. It was a great moment. And my kids are just in their own little world. Like it's Tuesday at home, just nothing. That was cool to me because it, it, it was normal to us as racers, Yeah, but it was extraordinary. And I don't feel we'll ever be duplicated again. Yeah. The feeling that we all had about 45 minutes before the race, when we heard we got to push the start of this race, because all the people aren't inside the track yet. Mm -hmm. That was like, wow, where are you going to put them? There's so many people. Yeah. A celebration of short track racing in America. Yeah. And it was just beautiful to get in the car and finish top 10 both nights, icing on the cake, no damage on the car, a lot of respect amongst the drivers. No one wanted to be like that guy to stink up that show. Yeah. So it was just hard racing. Yeah. It was just lap after lap, hard racing, an amazing trip. And... I'm excited to go back this year for sure. Is that the fastest you've been in a race car? I don't know. It's, I, it's, I've it turned so some fast. laps up at Thompson in Connecticut. Okay. And that's a five eighths mile as well. But that's got, it's like a giant Martinsville. Yeah. Long straightaways, tight turns. So yeah. 
that was probably very comparable. But yeah. in my car that I've built down here in North Carolina, absolutely. Yeah. I think the one thing too, um, I, I was, I was in the spotter stand for the late model race to be able to, to see all that from the top genuinely had the feel of a cup race with all of the fanfare and everything going on. And I, I made a statement, um, on social media that some people agreed with some didn't, but I'll be honest with you, man. I, I think that one late model race was, was bigger than what Martinsville does on the NASCAR side. And that's not to take away from Martinsville and the fanfare that goes around that. Apples but to oranges. It, yeah. But man, to see that play literally busting at the seams, yeah. it was insane. And it's going to be the same way when we go back. If Ralston. not, if not more, right. You would hope more Yeah, with the improvements that they're making and the, the grants given by the state for that track, you yeah. would hope that they're able to facilitate more because more is never enough when it comes to fans supporting yeah. our sport. Yeah. Speaking of the revival, that was the that was the the work of uh, Barry Braun, um, someone that you're uh, very familiar with, uh, someone that you uh, have have started a podcast with. The mind is racing. Um, great podcast, by Thank the way. You. I appreciate um, that. But talk a little bit about how that came about and in 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 Obviously, you've got a full slate already. Where do you find time to do a podcast every week? I don't know, man. When I when I walked up to the studio here, I sat on a couch. I, I know you saw me. That was yeah. probably the first five minutes I've sat down in probably about ten years. Okay. So that was very enjoyable. Thank okay. you. Thank you for that. No worries. Um, Barry put on the podcast, helped Mark Martin out for the Mark Martin Pod, which was fifty episodes of just pure gold. I was an avid listener of that. That's probably where Barry started seeing my name, like and retweet. Mm -hmm. We got to Wilkesboro, did the deal with Dale, had a ton of people come down and just want to talk there at Wilkesboro. And that's where I was like, wow, this whole Twitter world is pretty wild. There's, these people know me. Um, after that race weekend, it was briefly after, probably that week after, I got a message from Barry, introduced himself, and uh, said, you know, I, I, I really like you. You got a great personality. I was like, you sure? You, yeah. <laughs> me, I'm the guy. But he said, yeah, let's start, let's start this podcast. And I explained to him I had no idea how to work a microphone or a, a mixer or a board. And he walked me through it, taught me a lot about it, and brought me in and said, let's do this. And I think we're at 11 or 12 episodes now. Um, we get great feedback. I really enjoy it. It's something I'm having a lot of fun with. Yeah. And it's cool to hear that people like yourself are listening and, and understanding that, yeah, we we don't want to see the people bash promoters on Facebook, yeah. whether it be the Cars Tour or Weekly Series yeah. promoters, but there's a constructive way to bring feedback to these tracks Absolutely, from a racer's perspective, from a fan perspective, yeah. and even from a promoter's perspective, because they have expectations from us, the racers as well. So instead of back and forth squashing each other on Facebook, let's find a forum. And so far, we've been the forum to yeah. bring these people together, because this is a dying breed of a sport. No one wants to see another Myrtle Beach. We know what's going on with Greenville Pickens right now. No yeah. one wants this to happen. So let's work together. Let's make it last. Let's build new and let's find new and exciting ways to get people involved in this sport. So you didn't actually know Barry Braun personally before North Wilkesburg? I did not. No. Wow. No, I did not. I, okay. And I never even met him there. He was running around like crazy, yeah. you know, dotting I's and crossing T's during the race week. So I never had the time to, to actually shake hands with him until... I still have never met Barry. We talk with each other all oh, wow. the time, but we have never met each other. So okay. we're just podcast pen pals from lands afar, I suppose. That's awesome, man. And, and like I said, it, it's cool that you have the time to do that. And, um, you know, I, I selfishly threw out, I mean, 
hundred thousand dollars to win late model race. That's that's unheard. I mean, we all thought when Michael Diaz did fifty thousand to win the the tur- as Deke calls yeah, we it, all the turkey he was race. Wild, yeah. Right. We thought, wow. <laughs> uh, where I mean, what's the what's the thought behind that? If I if, you, if yeah. I can pick your brain, no, on a absolutely. Bit. So Barry uh, owns and operates XR. XR is all about the dirt world, and he has found a way to use streaming services that actually pay back the racer. Um, so it's a different format of how he runs his company and how he promotes his races, and he sees flaws with how the asphalt world does it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very expensive sport. A guy like myself, um, yeah. I've got a, I've got power base on the car this year. They help me in a little way, but that's the only sponsor we have. So everything we do comes out of my pocket. Regular blue collar guy should be able to do this. And I feel like I'm putting that team on my back every week when I go to the track. And Barry probably saw a lot of that in me. So we got to know each other and he started digging in. What's your payouts? You know, what does it mm-hmm. cost you to go racing? And it was like this back and forth of, tell me about the dirt world, Barry. Well, you tell me about the asphalt world. How can each one of these, because there's been a giant silent wall between the two for years. 100%. You're either all in on asphalt or you're all in on dirt, with the exception of Butterbean, who's kind of back and forth, and maybe a Bradley McCaskill. Well, I was going to say Bradley's There's, there's a it. few. Yeah, yeah, there's a few. But when we started talking about this, he said, what's the biggest payout race there's ever been in the late model stock world? And I think, you know, I right away went to... I believe it's either Martinsville or it's the the Michael Diaz Thanksgiving Classic. Yeah. So he did some research and he that was what it was was Mike's race. Yeah. And he's not looking to one up anybody. Yeah. He just believes that the most pure form of asphalt racing like it was in the golden age of NASCAR is late model stock racing and yeah. I 100% agree with him. Yeah. Um it's a car that can be built in a garage. I'm I'm one that makes that happen yeah it's a car that you can have fun with with a couple of your buddies and still perform Mm -hmm. you don't need the pull down rigs you don't need the lasers yeah there's a fella named deke mccaskill that does not have a laser set and he's finding a way to perform so yeah let's put out a hundred thousand dollars to win let's find a market and or a track that deserves that not that oh we just go to another one of these tracks just because it's a glitz and glam thing right let's find one that needs that attention let's find one that maybe needs to be revived and that's where it started coming up. So we have been in talks with a couple of places, a couple of people. Um, there's a lot of folks that want to get on board with this. This is not an overnight thing. Sure. It probably will take a while to plan. But we are definitely, uh, we, we've got some places that we're eyeing. And okay. I'm, I'm excited for it to unfold. I'll let Barry do all that. But yeah. it's going to be one of those nights like Wilkesboro where yeah. it's something special. There's a vibe in the air. The racers are ready. The fans are there. And maybe it does happen on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. That way we're not squashing tracks that are running for championships, anything like that. And that's what kind of made that night special was no one else had anywhere to be. Yeah. So that could be really cool for us. Yeah. One other thing that that, um, I kind of fanboy about you over is – you being a bourbon connoisseur, <laughs> at least I mean that's how it's portrayed. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I enjoy I enjoy bourbon, but man, yeah. some of the some of the bottles that, that that I see you drinking, I'm going, man. One, how did you get that? <laughs> but talk a little bit about your appreciation and, and kind of the the, yeah. the the story behind the bourbon. Absolutely. Um, I really don't know how I stumbled into it, but 
like I said about racing, when I go into something, I go in 110%. Yeah. Um, when I moved to my new neighborhood, Jacqueline and I just built our dream house in Franklinton. Uh, we were cool. living in Franklinton, but we moved to this new neighborhood. And at first, I didn't want to be that guy, like, going around shaking hands and knocking on doors. But I heard tale of this bourbon club in the oh, neighborhood. Oh, okay. So I said, all right, you know, this is pretty neat. And I started seeing some guys on, like, Thursday night would be, like, the king of the hill deal. I'll stand outside <laughs> someone's someone's driveway. Right. Let me investigate this. So, yeah. you know, here I go with my chair and my cooler. And, hey, guys, what's going on? Well, this is the Ironwood Bourbon Boys Club. I'm Brian. Nice to meet you. When do I sign up? Basically. Yeah. So yeah, where's um, the application? Yes, exactly. So one thing led to another and we ended up, um, I found out that there was another club in the area, County Lines Whiskey Club. Okay. And both of these clubs have a lot of guys that travel for work and it became almost like a brotherhood. Hey, I need help lifting a refrigerator that we just bought and there'd be 20 guys at the house in 10 minutes. Let's all lift the refrigerator then let's have a glass of bourbon. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. And it's just one thing after another. It's networking. One guy's a plumber. One guy works in the business world. One guy has a carpet cleaning business. You know, so everyone kind of helps each other out. Yeah. And we all just celebrate over the fact that we all met because of bourbon, which is pretty neat. So uh, that's how I kind of got into it and got pushed and found some bottles in far off reaching lands. My own racing travels. When we get done at the track on practice, I'll kind of go find a store and yeah. just kind of meander. But it's it's fun. It's a collection thing. Before this, I collected baseball cards when I was younger. So maybe this is the adult version well, of that. Well, I just I just moved into a new neighborhood, so maybe I just need to carry a cooler around and see there if I go. can find a bunch of guys standing <laughs> in the cul-de-sac. But and it's funny you said that because um I love Buffalo Trace. Oh, yeah. And it's so hard to find. Sure And is. so I'm on my way uh, to Southern National a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, like you, I work a nine to five. Yep. Like, and so I did, and I knew it was going to rain on Friday, so I didn't go down until later on Friday. Um, but um, a good friend of both of ours, Boo Carlisle. Yeah, I know, um, Boo. Boo. What up, Boo? Yeah, Boo. Uh, Boo sent me a text message. Hey, um, me and Pierce and Dylan Wilson are going to run to the ABC store and grab some some liquor. I said, in passing, I'm like, oh, they got Buffalo Trace. Pick me up a bottle. I get to the hotel, and there's a bottle of Buffalo Trace. I'm like, they have yeah. it. They have it. That'll work right there. Um, so and it's like you said, you travel far away lands. Um, my sister, uh, she travels quite a bit with work, and um, she has – she has flown back probably seven bottles of Buffalo Trace in the last three months from far lands because, it's, you know, it's just so hard. It's to hard to here. get. It's hard to get. Um, but what's your what's your go? What's your what's your I guess what's your what's your go to? What's your house bourbon? OK. What's your daily drinker? Yep. And then what's your most prestigious, coolest bottle that you've got right wow. now? Wow. Okay, so I'm sitting somewhere around 150 bottles, 200 bottles at the house right now. A you lot have, of them are unopened. Way, you have way more than I do. <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. It's probably okay. 12 years or so that I kind of okay. have just been silently in it. But within the past three or four years, it's ramped way up. But okay. every day, um, I'm a giant old Forester nerd. Okay, I think everything about Brown Foreman is really cool. And um we, uh, County Lines Whiskey Club, again, shout out. We just did a uh, barrel selection of Old Forester. So we purchased a whole barrel. Oh, wow. And we bottled it. And almost all of the members got to their chance at owning a bottle. So okay. that was cool. I did. Um, that's what I'm currently drinking right now is that Old Forester um, okay. selection. Um, but 
I usually enjoy Old Forester 1920, which is the Whiskey Rose series. It's a doubled, uh, double oaked, and yep. it's real spicy. It's like 115 proof, so it's yep. on up there, but it's not too hot. And then I think, gosh, the the coolest bottle is not anything outrageous. I've I've got the Blantons and the you know whatever the Wellers that everyone freaks out about, yeah. but there's a company called Penelope, mm-hmm. and they're up in New Jersey. They used a sourced whiskey. But they did a series where they finished a whole bunch of bourbon in a Tokai wine barrel, which is a Hungarian dessert wine. So very sweet. So it took a regular bourbon, four grain bourbon, and it finished it in this wine. And it's just really, really delightful. It's like one of those, I keep it for Thanksgiving after dinner, yeah. Christmas after dinner, birthday after dinner, something special where I just want like a little half ounce pour or something like yeah. that. It's just really nice. And I'm going to be super sad when that sucker goes away and gets finished up. It's going to be a bad day. <laughs> That's very cool. Have you been to, um, so Mystic, which is in Durham. Yep. Um, have you had the Broken Oak? I've had, I think, everything from there. It's come through multiple of the meetings yeah. where, you know, it's one of those local things. Um, yeah. I've had a bunch of them. I can't remember which ones they were. but Well, that's my most expensive bottle. It has go. not been opened yet, but it's delightful. And it, the, the story behind that was when they started doing bourbon, mm-hmm. um, the bar- the first set of barrels that they got busted up. Busted up. Yeah. And then they basically took what they had left from those barrels and put them in another set of barrels. Yes. And then those barrels started to bust. Nice. So, like, that's... So like when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, there's another local one too, um, Old Raleigh down in Zebulon. Yeah, got to make sure you get down there because I've heard that the tours are really cool. I haven't been there myself; it's on my list. But yeah. you know, race season. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I tell you what, when uh, when we're done with race season podcast, we'll get together do a bourbon hey, podcast. You don't got to ask twice. Man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, look, Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming in studio. I know it takes a lot of people to get you the racetrack, give you an opportunity to thank the sponsors and the folks that help you get yeah, the racetrack absolutely. every week. Appreciate that, man. Um, 100% always number one is my wife. She's been with me a long time through this racing journey. It takes a lot for a woman to not be taken to the beach and taken and wined and dined all the time. And she's at the racetrack with bologna burgers and hot dogs. So Jacqueline, I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, Powerbase, our sponsor out of Ontario, California. Everything car audio, marine, and now they're side by side. So if you got a side by side or you got a golf cart and you need stereo equipment for that thing, hit me up. I'll get you with Eric Harbor and they will get you right. Of course, Aviator Brewing Company, they've been with me a long time down in Fuquay Verena. Smokehouse, pizza shop, bottle shop, brewery, they got it all. It's a day trip down to Fuquay. Tell them that Obi sent you, they'll give you the grand tour. And also, Baby Moon Cafe. Love these guys, Yerden and Ryan. They're in Morrisville. The best Italian food. I'm a New Yorker by heart, so I know good Italian food. I got the dad bod squad thing happening. So head on over, check out the Italian food there at Baby Moon Cafe. Also, everyone that helps me, David, Deke, Dakota, Ron, everybody. Billy. Billy's got a a real bad thumb right now. He just decided he was going to take his thumb off with a a post hole machine. So, Billy, I hope you get better, man. We can't wait for you to get back at the track. But everyone on this team, love you to death. Larry. Everybody, appreciate it so much. Brian, best of luck to you at Florence this weekend. And uh, like I tell everybody, man, go get go get you one of them checkered flags and we'll have back on here on the Stickered Up podcast. Man, I, it would be a dream come true, but we're going to make it happen. Caution flag out on this segment of Stickered Up. Brandon Willard's got that flying in the air. We'll come down pit road. Sticker up and return. We'll wrap up this edition. You're listening to the Stickered Up podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. 
for laser cutting and CNC bending. GeoCut for media blasting and surface conditioning. GeoCut South Boston, Virginia for powder coating. GeoCut on demand laser cut parts. Just go to geocutfabrication.com. Upload your part drawing. Select the material and quantity and then see your instant quote immediately with the option to order right then and there. 434-201-4824. GeoCutfabrication.com. 611 Railroad Avenue, South Boston, Virginia. One part or one million parts. GeoCut has you covered. GXS Wraps is your one stop for all your vehicle and motorsports graphics needs. Since 2018, GXS Wraps has offered turnkey solutions including design, printing, and installation of premium final graphics for fleet vehicles, personal vehicles, and race cars. 100% of our services offered are completed at our 4,800 square foot facility located in Apex, North Carolina. Check us out on the web, gxswraps.com, or give us a call, 919-213-0371 to get started on your next wrap. GXS Wraps, the official graphics partner of the Cars Tour and the Stickered Up Podcast. Practice race. At Performance Racing Warehouse, home of the PRW chassis, they feel the thrill of victory and agony of defeat with every customer. With a cutting-edge, track-tested chassis, they know what it takes to build a race-winning machine. The PRW chassis has a proven track record of wins and championships that speak for themselves. When you're ready to take your performance to the next level, come visit Performance and let them get you in victory lane. Online at PerformanceCenter.com. Also, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And you can call Performance Racing Warehouse at 704-838-1400. Courier Tank Lines, a trucking company run by drivers for drivers. For over three generations, Courier has been leading in driver happiness, client satisfaction, and safety. They love trucking, family, and racing. As a per-year driver, you'll earn up to $100,000 per year plus exceptional benefits, including exclusive access to per-year racing events. Enjoy flexible scheduling, career path opportunities, zero split seating, and much more. Visit driveperrier.com to learn more. This is Mason Diaz, driver of number 24, Cyrock Carriers, Late Mall Stock. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. White flag on this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. We head to the Low Country this weekend, Timminsville, South Carolina, the Florence Motor Speedway for the running of the Aaron's 125, presented by Grand Atlantic Resorts. Racing will start on Friday with practice starting at 3.30. They'll go till 6 o'clock. Teams will return to the racetrack on Saturday afternoon. Late model stock cars will hit the track at 1.15. Uh, their final practice will wrap up at 3.45. Grandstands open at 5 o'clock. Late model stock car qualifying will take place at 5.45. Green flag for the Aaron's 125 presented by Grand Atlantic Resorts uh, will take place at 7 o'clock. Uh, 125 laps for the late model stock car. Also, Allison Legacy, Thunder and Lightning, the Vintage, and the U-Cars. Uh, advanced tickets at carsracingtour.com. $22.50 for adults. Children 12 and under are free. Day of the event, $25. Children under 12 still free. Pit pass as normal, $45. Uh, if you cannot make it to Timminsville this weekend, we uh, ask you to catch all the action on Flow Racing this weekend. Uh, we've got Eric Brennan, Blake McCannells and Jacqueline Drake will be bringing you the action from Timminsville. 
uh, want to thank, uh, again, we want to thank Brian Obi for coming in studio today and chatting with us. Uh, we wish him the best of luck this weekend at Florence Motor Speedway. also want to thank our sponsors that help Stickered Up come to you each and every week. Pereira Tank Lines, Performance Center Racing Warehouse, Geocut, GSX Wraps, and would be remiss not to thank our friends here at Broadcasting Experts for making us sound so good each and every week, Dave Perkins and Morgan Patrick. That's the checkered flag on this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dunn. Be sure to share this podcast. New episodes of Stickered Up will be available wherever you download your podcasts. Oh, yeah.